I'm going to take you through Galatians for a lot of reasons. For a lot of reasons. One of the reasons is, one of the reasons is, it's in your Bible. That's a kind of a good reason. I mean, in other words, it's, it's there, right? And uh, why not? Why not take a dive and see what's going on there? But the other reason, which is, I think, so important, is because I think in this letter, I think in this letter, Paul, even though it's 2,000 years old, I think Paul hits on something that we're battling with today. I think he hits it almost in the bullseye. And so I want to look at it because I think it has incredible application for what we're doing today. Now, before we go any further, I want to remind you that the book of Galatians is actually a, anybody what? It's a letter. It's a letter. So I want to show you a letter, um, and I think they'll, they'll pop it up on the screen there, which is actually not a letter but a postcard, all right? Now, before we turn this postcard over, um, you can see that this says administration building, naval air station. Is that what it says? Uh, Corpus Christi, Texas. Okay. Let's flip it over. All right. Um, let's just take a peek at this postcard letter. Um, uh, upper left, that's with the sideways writing that says Darby L. Kramer. Anybody know who that is? My grandpa. That's my grandpa. Okay. So this is a letter from uh, my grandpa. All right. And he's sending it from Corpus Christi. Right. Can you go ahead? I'll just, if you don't mind, throw it back up there. And uh, uh, you can kind of see it's a little bit cut off, but you can kind of see down there it says Dear, who's it to? Jerry. Jerry. That's my dad. So this is a postcard from who? Grandpa to dad. Grandpa to dad. Now, um, so in other words, like any letter, it has a person that's sending it and a person that is receiving. I know this is kind of elementary. Like, Chris, could you please get to the point? Because I got things to do today. All right. But before we read Galatians, we need to understand how you read any letter. In other words, let me just start. There's something obvious. A lot of times people always go, well, the Bible says or the Bible tells me. Well, really, if I may be so humbly submit, the Bible actually, in like in a, in a case when it's a letter, it's one person telling another person or one person telling other persons. And you, it's not written to you, humbly, may I suggest? It's written to somebody else and you're peeking in on someone else's mail. All that to say, sure, are there, are there sentences in the letter that you would pull out and you would go, oh, yeah, that will work, that we need to do? Yes. Are there some that don't necessarily apply to you? Yes. Are there some that need interpretation? Lots. Let's go back to the letter. So, for instance, what you would read there, and I don't, I, there's a couple of them, but basically it says, Dear Jerry, Please keep your mommy straight. And, and I can't read it because it's sideways in any way. But it's, it's giving all these instructions to Jerry and how he should handle his mom. Now, if you read that and you knew nothing about this, one of the things that you would think is, oh, this is 
this is Darby telling Jerry what to do with... What you don't know is that Jerry is a infant. It's a baby. This isn't really to Jerry at all. This is to who? Grandma. This is Grandpa's way of writing to Grandma saying, I love you, sweetie, and I'm going to write this little note to our infant newborn, right? Keep, keep mommy straight. All of a sudden, you get either it's humor or tongue-in-cheek or grandpa's indirect way of saying, I love you to grandma. You get all the subtleties when you know a little bit more about it. Is it true? Otherwise, you'd think, oh, it's a letter to Jerry. It's kind of, but kind of not. If you read the postage thing up in the upper uh, right-hand corner, you would see the year was 1944. You know something about 1944. What do you know about that? Grandpa was in the... He was in the service. So why wasn't he going to see Jerry for a while? Well, because then if you know about the geography, you know Corpus Christi is a long way from, there it is, Adrian, Michigan. He's not going to be coming home on the weekend. In other words, knowing the time, knowing the geography, knowing the people, knowing their, it all matters into understanding what is going on in this letter. Everybody with me so far? Orchard Grove family. Okay, you're, okay, 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 that's all right. Uh, now, if you did read Galatians, and I know a lot of you bailed, I'm going to give you a pass for one week, all right? But if you did read Galatians, how many of you got a little confused? It's okay to put your hand up because I did too. I'll wait. Or no one read it. Or no one read it. Okay, all right. Uh, in other words, this is important. This is important because people always say, well, you know what, I read the Bible and I don't understand it. I read it and then I get confused. I don't know what's going on there. Welcome to the club, brothers and sisters. That's good. Listen, that's good. Here's why that's good. That means you read it. And two, it means you want to understand what's going on behind it. In other words, until we start to answer the questions, well, was it really written to this person? Was it tongue-in-cheek? What, what were they trying to say? What was going on in the world, like a worldwide war where he was never going to be home? And maybe he was worried that they weren't going to finish Hitler off and that he was going to go from Corpus Christi to Berlin. And huh? now there's different emotion in the letter. There's all kinds of stuff going on. If you realize that it has a context... This is going to be such a boring sermon. I, I'm just telling you now. But, I, I, uh, no, I'm, but I'm going to give you the context of the letter. Oh, it's going to be horrible. All right. Galatians 1. All right. Here's how it starts. Here's how it starts. Galatians 1, verse 1. I think they'll put it up on the, on the screen there for you. All right. Paul. So they would start. We would usually end right with a signature, they would start, Paul. In other words, they're telling you right off the gate, this is from Paul, all right? Who's the author? Paul. Who's the guy that wrote the letter? Paul, an apostle, right? Sent from, uh, not from men, nor by man. That's going to become very important. Paul's a little defensive about who gave him his cred. It'll become important as you read the letter. He's defensive about who gave him his credibility. Because early in the letter, you see his credibility got attacked. You're not legit. You're not certified. Who licensed you? He goes, God did. But by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Ready? And all the brothers and sisters with me. Now, to, there's from, now we're going to, to what? 
the churches in what? One, two, three? Galatia. Galatia. This is so edifying today. Galatia. Now, I don't know how this is going to go, but I'm going to do a little bit of artwork here, and we're going to see if I have any success at all. Um, Paul wrote to the churches in Galatia. All right, Some of you know where Galatia is. Some of you don't. So I'm going to, if I may, just put it into context for you. All right? Galatia. All right? Anytime Chris starts drawing, it's scary. That, my friends, is the Mediterranean Sea. Pretty close to specifications. All right? That's the Medi... Thank you. So if you know your... If you know your cuts of meat and your Bible history. You got the, the land of Israel in this region here, okay? And so, you know, the Sea of Galilee, the Jordan River, right? Uh, the Dead Sea. This is, this is where a lot of Jesus' ministry was. Now, this is the Mediterranean. All right, now, Galatia is a region up here, right? Modern day, it's Turkey, okay? So actually, the sea kind of goes up like this. I should do this better, all right? This is Greece today, all right? There's the fingers like that. And then what's over here? Anybody know what the boot is? All right, the boot, all right, with the soccer ball. Good food right there, my friends, all right. So this would be basically Turkey, Greece, Italy. Now, Paul grows up right around here. They call it Asia Minor, city of Tarsus, all right? Paul goes to school down here, all right? Um, and kind of s- settles in an area here called Syrian Antioch. One, two, three, Syrian Antioch. Do you mind learning just a little bit? I'll get to it. How many are cool? How many good? All right. Just... Go get some coffee if you don't like it. All right. The Syrian Antioch. So this, they believe, was probably, in the time of the Roman Empire, probably the third largest, most influential city in the, in the Roman world. What would have been one? The Roman Empire. What would have been one? Right, yeah, that was not a trick question. Rome. All right. So you have Rome. Probably number two would have been Alexandria. That was modern day, right? Egypt, Cairo, right? And this would have been the third so, if you've ever read the Bible, I, I can summarize it for you. I'll do it over here, quick summary. All right? You have what we call, Christians call, Old Testament, right? And what? New, all right? So, really simple. What's in there? This is the story of Israel, right? And this is the story of Christ, and his church. Done. You got it? All right. So you, you could break it down. You would say the main character here was Moses. All right. Someone argue and say, well, you got to have Abraham. That would have been the first. And then you'd have David. All right. But if you can link all these together, that's the big story. Right. And over here, who's the main character? Jesus. That was not a trick question. All right. Right after Jesus, so you have a story goes from there, then it goes into Jesus. And after Jesus, um, 
You have, the, you have the disciples of the apostles. The main one was Peter. We've talked a lot about him lately. And right after Peter, there's this guy who's... So you have the New Testament starts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're the Gospels. They're the story of Jesus from four different angles. And then you have the book of Acts, which we're going to read a little bit of today. And the book of Acts shows Jesus, after Jesus died, rose again, and ascends, then he says, wait, wait, wait in Jerusalem. They wait, and then the Holy Spirit comes, and the church is launched from Jerusalem here. And they start to spread. And there's a guy named Saul who is against this new movement, and he persecutes them. And uh, he eventually starts to go around persecuting them, and he's on his way to Damascus, all right? And he has a vision and it's a blinding light. And you know the story, if you've read it in Acts chapter 9, Paul, the apostle who we're getting this letter from, has this massive conversion, this massive eye-opening. Now, Paul at the time was a strict Jew. He was a rule-following, rule-keeping, head of his class, A-plus student in his religion, Jewish person. And he meets Jesus, and his life is completely changed. The rest of Acts is the story of how the message of Jesus is spread throughout this world. All right? That's what it's about. So Paul writes to Galatia. Why? Because after Paul has his eye-opening experience here, right? He travels a bit, but he settles in this area here. He settles here. And then it says... The Spirit tells the church there to set apart Barnabas and Paul to the work I've called them to. And the work that he was called to was to take this gospel message to non-Jewish folks as well, to the Gentiles. All right? Now, they they get on a ship and they start to sail. And uh, they stop at Cyprus here. And then they come along here and they come up here. I'm going to read a little bit for you. Who's hanging tough today? Okay, it's a little like Sunday school today, but you'll make it. You're going to make it. Acts, uh, in in the 13th chapter, here's what it, here's what it says. So the two of them went on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed there to Cyprus. Okay, so Syrian Antioch, Seleucia would just be like the the beach town right here. And then they go to Cyprus. And then from Cyprus, this is Acts 13, verse uh, uh, 5. And and then they travel the whole Cyprus. And then they go over here, right? Paul and his companions, they sail to Perga and Pamphylia. And they go here. This is important, right? Where Where John left them, they had a third companion named John Mark. All right? He bailed on them there. Uh, Paul never really got over that. Paul, you know, Paul had a little temper, I think. How many are with me? Paul never really got over that. You can read about it later because Barnabas said, come on, give him a break. He was a kid. He was, you know, he, was, he bit off more than he could chew. He goes, no, Paul. Paul goes, no, he left us here, man. We, we were here. And I mean, by the way, can I just tell you something about this, this little cruise? How many, of you, how many of you go on cruises? It was not one of those. Even though this is the Mediterranean, this was not Club Med. Paul didn't go, uh, could I get on the, uh, could I, 
Uh, could I get on the all-inclusive pack? Where's the entertainment deck? Is there putt-putt on this? That's not the ship, all right? They get here, and then he goes up into this region. Now, I've taken this trip before, and I want to show you some pictures, okay? So um, he travels across here, and he starts to make his way into the interior. I'll show you what it looks like, okay? So Paul gets off of the ship, and he's, this is, I took this out the car window as I was driving. This is the road you would take. If you made this turn right about here, I, I had to drive, but he, this is about where they start to turn up into the interior. Now, what was Paul driving? What was he driving? Uh, if he was lucky, he was standing next to a donkey. In other words, that looks pretty nice from a car, but how do we want to make it over the next ridge? Are you with me? All right, keep going. There's another picture. So I'll just show you the terrain as you turn up from the Mediterranean into central Turkey, into the region of Galatia. How many... How many your thighs are burning a little bit? Is that, are you, are you getting a burn going there? So he makes his way up. Uh, keep going. We'll scroll through. And uh, next picture. And you get up into the, 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 the lush farmlands. It's like a, uh, like kind of a raised plateau. And it's, it's gorgeous when you get up there. And he makes his way. Now I want to read this. This is important. All right. Um, from Paphos, this is verse 13. Paul and his companions sailed to Perga. You've never done this in church before, I know, but it's okay. How many are hanging in there? Okay, and, and this is important. Um, they made their way to Pisidian Antioch. One, two, three, Pisidian Antioch. One, two, three, Pisidian Antioch. Now, these things are hard because, like, Chris, it doesn't matter. There's so many Antiochs, and I know because you had a, an egotistical person that was named Antiochus. Uh, you get it? You said, didn't he leave Antioch? Yes, he did. That city was called Antioch, right? That was Syrian Antioch. This is Pisidian Antioch. Why? Again, very egotistical man named Antiochus. Huh? Get it? He ends up here. I want to read. This is all the background to the book of Galatians. I want to read to you what happens in this city. On the Sabbath, they entered the synagogue and sat down. I think I have a picture of Pisidian Antioch. All right? I'll just leave that there. Paul comes into this city, and uh, there's a picture I took, and that's actually from that time. So Paul might have walked right through that theater on his way to the synagogue. On the... On the Sabbath, they went to the synagogue and they sat down. After the reading from the law and the prophets, that's what they would do. There's the street. Paul was probably walking down there. I don't know where the synagogue was. Maybe it was on the right-hand side. Maybe it was the left. But there's, there's the city of Pisidian Antioch. Um, what they would do is they would gather on the Sabbath and they would read the scriptures. And as they read, um, the synagogue ruler, the presider, um, sent word to them saying, Brothers, if you have a message of encouragement for the people, please speak. In other words, they recognize Paul. We have some guests here. Would you guys like to say something? Now, they're in a, they're in a Gentile area. They're not in a Jewish area, but they go to a Jewish uh, congregation, if you will, in the synagogue. 
So you have Jews there, and you have Gentiles, but that are what they called God-fearing Gentiles. Paul gets up, he stands, and he motions with his hand. Men of Israel and you Gentiles who worship God, listen. The God of the people of Israel chose our fathers, and he goes on to explain to you this story right here. He's like, well, you know, God came to Moses, and our people were enslaved. Remember the, remember the pyramids? And he led them out through the Red Sea. Remember the part of the waters? And they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, and then God led them into the promised land up here. And then David became the king. He kind of rifles through the story. Everybody's listening. And he talked about David. And then he talked about Jesus as being the fulfillment of the promise from David. And everybody's listening. Now, this is important. Brothers, children of Abraham, you God-fearing Gentiles, it is us that this message of salvation, it is to us, this message of salvation has been sent. The people of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize Jesus. Yet, in condemning him, they fulfilled the words of the prophets that they read every Sabbath. Do you get it? He's like, they condemned the one that the prophets told them not to condemn. The prophets predicted Jesus, but they missed it. They read it all the time, but they missed it. They read it all the time, but they missed it. They read it all the time, every Sabbath, but they missed the main part of it. Though they found no proper ground for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed anyway. When they carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. And for many days he was seen by those who had traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to our people. Get this. This letter is written. Huh? When this letter is written, there are people still walking around that had seen Jesus. You can still go meet and talk to the people that have seen him raised from the dead. People are what? They didn't have Facebook, brothers. It didn't come on the Twitter feed. It takes a long time for that news to travel back and forth across this. So what's going on here? Wait a minute. We tell you the good news. That's a phrase that's going to be important. What God promised our fathers, he has fulfilled for us, their children, by raising up Jesus. And he goes on and he quotes. But let me get to what happens here. As Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, can you go back to the, the last picture that you just showed? That'd be awesome. Which shows us Pisidian Antioch, the street. As they were leaving the synagogue in that city, all right, the people invited them to speak further on the next Sabbath. Could you guys come back next week? This is good. Now, this is where I'm in sort of a dilemma because I'm thinking either no one's going to be here next Sunday. Or you're going to want to hear more. I have no idea. I'm hoping number two, right? So think of this. Think of this. They said, could you guys... Wow. They're just like, wow, really? That's, they told the whole story of Israel. And they put it all in the context. And then they showed Jesus as the climax of the story. And then, 
and, 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 and like we're running out of time. And they're like, could you guys come back next week? Paul and Barnabas, when this congregation was dismissed, they urged them to continue. On the next Sabbath, listen to this, listen to this. Keep that picture there. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came to hear I mean, they, they might have had to move to the stadium. They might have had to leave the synagogue and move to the stadium because almost the whole city wanted to hear this message. It was life-changing. It was what they called good news. Everybody's pouring in. Everybody's pouring in. Now, look at this. People are gathering, and then Paul and Barnabas said... Uh, this was huge, but this is important. When the Jews and the Jewish leaders, I think would be a right way of understanding that, saw the crowds, this is so important, this massive crowd of people, the leaders got jealous. The leaders got jealous and started talking abusively against Paul and Barnabas. No other reason. No reason. They didn't have Bible verses. They weren't showing the, this. You interpret it wrong. Why, why were they upset? They were... What were they? Isn't it the worst? You ever been on a jealous purse? It's horrible. You don't have any reason. You're just mad. You're just mad because these people want to hear this message. So Paul comes in there. Are, are you getting Galatians? This is Galatia. It was an official province of the Roman Empire. Right? Like Michigan is a state of the United States, right? Like Ohio wants to be. It's a province. It's a something that they're applying. This is a region. So Galatia, he is here. But this is a specific city where Paul goes. He has this unbelievable explosive thing happen. The whole city almost comes to here. And then just like that, the Jewish leaders in that city, Paul was Jewish, right? So it's not... Jude, it's, it, they're just jealous. They're just jealous because he's killing it. And all these people want to hear more. So what do they do? They turned the crowds against Paul and Barnabas. But this is what happened. Paul said, that's okay. We'll keep spreading our message to the Gentiles. And it says, when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord. And this is the word of the Lord spread through the whole, what? Region. But the Jews incited, the Jewish leaders, incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city, and they stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas, and they expelled them from their region. In other words, they started using their connections. I know this lady, she's connected, and she's going to have this influence, and they started to, they, they got a conspiracy going against, and they had Paul and Barnabas removed. They go to this city called Lincolnium. I'm going to skip that part of the story. You can read it, Acts 13 and 14. But I'm going to take you to one other city. Oh, oh, the clock. All right. Hey. But you got to hear this other story, okay? 
So this all happens in Pisidian Antioch, all right? I'm going to take you to another city um, called Lystra. One, two, three. Lystra. Oh, some of you are going to loathe the day you came to church. All right. In Lystra, there sat a crippled man in his feet who was lame from birth. He had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed and called out, stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. The crowd saw what Paul had done and shouted in their local language, the gods have come down among us in human form. The gods. What, are we, what kind of region are we in? Not a Jewish region, a what? Gentile region. What do they believe in? The gods. And they said, guess what? They saw this man healed. They go, this is Zeus and Hermes. Paul, Hermes, Barnabas, they called Zeus. Hermes was the spokesman because Paul, and, and, and they figured like Zeus was the powerful one and, and then spokesman. And they, they start to worship Paul and Barnabas. Well, they're like, no, no, no. Are you liking this story? You should read the Bible. Just give it a crack. People are like starting to worship. It's, it's Zeus and Hermes. By the way, there was a whole local legend that Zeus and Hermes had visited that area and had gone unnoticed and unrecognized and that they were paying the price for it. I don't know if it's good for your FYIs. There was a local, it's, you can read about it. And they believed that they had missed the visitation of Zeus and Hermes. And so they were like, we're not missing it this time. This is legit. And they start to sacrifice and the worship. And they're like, no, 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 that's not us. That's not us. You can't make this stuff up. Paul goes, no, no, that's not us. Even the priest, they had a local priest for Zeus who had a temple just outside the city of Lystra. Comes and he gets the crowd. He's like, we got a sacrifice to these guys. Paul goes, no, no, no. Why are you doing this? We're just human like you. And even though Paul explained it to them, they had a hard time. They're like, no, no, we got to worship you. We got to sacrifice to you. I mean, you healed this guy. You're the real deal. And he's, no, I'm here to tell you about the real deal. Then, listen, some Jews from the leaders from Antioch came and won the crowd over. Lystra. I don't know if I'm spelling that right. Let's say it together. One, two, three. Lystra. They were here. This is when almost the whole city came to hear them. They go here. This is where they heal the guy, right? Things are going good. What happens? Do, 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 do. Right? We'll come here. We'll stir the pot, right? Everything's going good. He's telling an amazing story about the history of Israel, the climax that comes around Jesus Christ, his, his resurrection, all swimmingly. Oh, they get jealous. Now they come here. They're going out of their way to follow Paul. He heals a man. Says they won the crowd over. And maybe just, just a little three words from Acts 14, 19, it says this, they stoned Paul. They stoned Paul. I mean, you read the Bible, yeah, they stoned him. Eh, 
wonder how that felt. No, they stoned Paul. Here, they stoned Paul. Picture of Lystra. I think I have a picture. I still remember driving some of the most gorgeous countryside right here, looking for Lystra. And they told me, you can't find Lystra unless you hire a guide, which was a personal challenge for me to find it on my own. That's, that's, the, that's a tell Lystra. A tell is an old mound, and you can find artifacts on there and all that. It's just in the middle of a bunch of farm fields. This is the city Paul gets stoned at. Now, when they stone someone, they throw rocks at your head until you die. And what we read in the book of Acts is Paul was left for dead in Lystra. One, two, three, say it together. Left for dead. How many remember the place that you were stoned and left for dead? In other words, if you ever got stoned and left for dead, how many would remember that? You'd have a special connection. I remember the place I got jumped, right? I got a big fat lip and a, but that was it. But I still remember it. I know exactly where it was, when it happened. How many know what I'm talking about? Left for dead. How many have a little different appreciation for what Paul was thinking of when he wrote the letter of Galatia? That's where I was left for what? Dead. You're going to read, if you dare, you're going to read that not only was Paul left for dead, like, uh, yep, it worked. You're going to read that not only was Paul left for dead, but it was a severe illness that brought him to this region in the first place. So Paul, are you ready? Takes the message of Jesus all the way here, has all this stuff happen, and perseveres through that kind of, of persecution. And what he does is he starts churches here. And then this jealousy doesn't end. And so they come behind Paul and they start to destroy everything that he created. Now, if you built a bunch of churches at the cost of nearly the cost of your life itself, and then someone comes behind you and starts to wreck. Anybody ever come behind you and wreck something you did? How many of you can't stand it if you sweep the kitchen and they spill? How many are blowing a gasket for that? I just cleaned those floors. Right. He put his life, his energy, his blood, his health, his everything into starting these churches. And out of jealousy, somebody comes behind him when he's gone, not when he's there, when he's gone, they come behind him and they stir people up and they make stuff up about Paul, which is why he's a little jumpy in the first chapter. Can I just say it? He's upset. If you read this letter again now, you're going to go, oh, he's mad. Oh, he's mad. He's really mad. If you have kids around, cover their ears right now. He says, I wish they'd go all the way and emasculate themselves. That's in the Bible. You can Google it. Is he mad? He's mad. Why? Because they're taking something good and turning it into something bad. 
They are taking something that is so life-giving, so healing, so life-changing, and turning it into a death-giving religion versus a life-giving relationship. And that's what I want to talk to you about next week if you come. A death-giving religion versus a life-giving relationship.